Hi, welcome to Real Shit with Shayna. I'm your host, Shayna Zadie. I thank you for coming on this journey with me as I have raw combos with my friends, family, and young thought leaders. Real Shit with Shayna is a space that supports finding true strength in vulnerability. No more fake news or about you bios. This is not the 30 second version of anyone. Just diverse people talking about real lived experiences, helping us find healing and promoting mental well-being because trust me, you are not alone. I promise you will leave feeling inspired, motivated, and sometimes a little provoked. Are you ready? It's time to get real. Brandy Pash, originally from Louisville, Kentucky, now living in Los Angeles by way of Lexington, Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Vail. She attended University of Kentucky, go Wildcats, <laughs> where she earned a BA in art and interior design while being part of the rich athletic tradition at UK as a member of the Palm Squad and dance team. Now a private flight attendant that literally can wake up and have breakfast in Italy and be in Los Angeles for dinner in the evening. True story. If her Southern accent doesn't captivate you, her honesty will without a doubt be a breath of fresh air. Brandy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Love the intro. And I know this is a long time in the making, so I'm just happy to be able to sit down and chat with you, even though it's virtually. Right. But I'm very proud of you because you said for a long time you were going to do this and here we are and you're doing it. Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that because it, <laughs> it, it took a lot of courage to, to get up to do this, but it's it's been a fun journey so far. And being able to connect with people like yourself has been really amazing and just sharing our journey because we we're, we used to be known as the Bellflower Babes, right? Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, right? There was four of us. Yep. And we'll get into that later. Definitely going to get into that later because we would basically get together and have wine nights, tequila nights, usually over some charcuterie. And sadly, we haven't been able to do that for for some time now and uh, at the start of the stay at home we tried we tried to get together and I don't know how it was for you but for me it was not the same it was not the same no no and it wasn't even about the masks it wasn't about sitting outside social distancing bringing our own drinks bring your own chair yeah bring your own (laughs) chair uh all that made for it not being the same but it also wasn't the same because it was like most of our conversation was about COVID-19 COVID yeah yeah and, and that we usually have such rich conversations and such vibrant conversations and fun and laugh. And it was all about COVID. So I don't want uh, to spend the whole time talking about COVID. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to start there because your job and your typical every day is traveling on a plane around the world. And that clearly has been impacted. But Absolutely. Since you're a private flight attendant, did you have different rules um, than flying commercial or how has that been for you? Absolutely. Um, I think when the shutdown first happened, um, you know, every trip went away, everything got put on pause and we, we literally sat for two straight months. We didn't start flying again until June. And once we did, you know, there were a lot of regulations, wear your mask, get a COVID test, wear gloves, change your gloves you know, it was, you can't go to a restaurant and get food anymore. You have to get from a caterer that's COVID approved. So, and then going to hotels, like, you know, everything just kind of changed, but it was a fun summer. I, you know, even with all of the stress, it was the one normalcy thing I think I had back in my life. And even though the trips were far and few between, we probably were traveling maybe one to two trips a month. We were still going international. I'm on a long haul 
plane. So that's what we typically do. Um, but we were just going to countries that were open. We were going to Bermuda. We were going to Tahiti. So there wasn't a lot of the European trips that we typically are on during the summer. You know, and so once the fall got, it's like the fall got here, it kind of all slowed down. And it's just been dead ever since. And mm. pretty much the, you know, the entire world shut down. All the borders are closed to the U.S. Uh, I do believe that the North Caribbean's open. And I know Tahiti's going open because we're going back to Bora Bora um, over Christmas. So as of right now, it's open. Who knows if it'll stay open in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that's, it's been different. And the, sadly, I spent a lot of the last, I would say, nine months and survivor's guilt because I would say over 50% of my Mm. friends lost their jobs Mm. and I kept being like well why am I still employed why Mm -hmm. has my salary not been cut why do why am I still so lucky to have a job why do I get to be so blessed today Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've really tried to just be like grateful for it because it was stealing my peace it was like you have all this downtime now and you can Mm -hmm. go do fun things like we were going to the beach, I was going hiking, camping, and all the fun things that I want to do in California that I never get to do mm-hmm. because I'm always gone on trips. Right. So I really had to embrace it, and that was a that was a struggle for me, but it was a great learning lesson. Yeah. For 2020, so I really enjoyed my, as tragic as you know the COVID losses were and all, just everything going on in our society. Um, I will say I had a really great summer. And you deserve it. You know, I'm so happy that you (laughs) said that because honestly, you deserve it. Like you have such a warm heart and you work so hard when you're traveling, even though probably to most and even for me, when I would hear your stories, like you've been to Bora Bora how many times? Like everything this is This will closed. be my 10th time. Oh this will be number gosh. 10. <laughs> I just want to go there once. I just want to go there once. I know, I know. It's ridiculous. 10 times. Wow. 10 times. Would you say it's your so. favorite place that you visited then? Or no. It's just... <laughs> it is like, maybe like by the third time, it was my favorite. And then after that, I was over it. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you get do you get to stay on like one of those huts like over the water as well as well only one time i've stayed in one of those overwater bungalows so mm. yeah bungalows is a better word i don't know why because <laughs> they look like a hut. yeah that's awesome well so europe is closed as you said and that mm-hmm. was probably probably a lot of places in europe some of them had to be your favorites right oh yeah i, I think my i get asked this question a lot and it's mm-hmm. very difficult to answer because it's like well, what is your idea of your perfect place? Is it tropical? Is it, you know, more cityscape? Like, what are you interested in? But for me, I think there's, it's still to this day is um, Sardinia, Italy. It's like an island Mm. right off the coast of Italy. And it's just, it's the sweetest, most captivating island. The food's amazing. The people are wonderful. The scenery's insane. So it's just kind of encompasses everything you're looking for in in a trip. So for me, that's my favorite place. And I love you sharing that because I didn't even know that was your favorite. But (laughs) for sure, the story that I have to tell is that what it was from there, right? It was from there. Yes. From Italy, you you went to a local restaurant. You got fresh made pasta that was made that morning, um, locally sourced ingredients, tomatoes Mm -hmm. that was probably grown in a a farm right outside the restaurant uh, for their pasta sauce. And you brought some of that food home with you on the plane to LA that day. So basically, like I said, you were in Italy in the morning and you were in LA in the evening (laughs) and you brought that to our Bellflower Babes dinner table. Why night, yep. Yes, and we literally had, it was so amazing for me. Like I'm smiling ear to ear, still thinking about that day, having food from Italy 
straight from Italy, delivered on a private plane. Like, <laughs> wow. Door to door. Door to door. door, to door. <laughs> and it was so delicious. And you, it was so fresh, right? Like, we couldn't, yeah, yeah. We couldn't yeah, even the, save the it because there's no preservatives. Yeah, I said, you guys, there's no preservatives in this, so we got to eat it now or maybe at, at most tomorrow and then be done with it because mm-hmm. it will go bad. Yeah. Did were you able to do that often then on your travels, or was it because this was you your know, favorite place? You know, it's kind of a legality issue because <laughs> oh, we're supposed to throw. According to customs, we're supposed to throw everything away. I might have definitely hid some stuff under the seat <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back in. You know, and it's mostly just fruits and vegetables that they ask us to throw away. But occasionally, you get somebody that's just pretty strict and coming down hard and wants everything thrown away. But I think that trip, I was, I had a relaxed customs guy and I was just kind of like okay and he's like yeah you're fine whatever so I would not say that is something that I get to do often again because dealing with customs Mm -hmm. but you know I make exceptions I knew the food was going to be the best food some of the best food I've ever eaten in the world so like I've got to share this with my girlfriends tonight absolutely no that was that was super special and then we talked about how you know I might be able to like one of my I wouldn't say it's a dream because you know, being able to travel and especially during this time, we've realized so many things that are more important to us. But oh, yeah, I definitely have aspirations of flying private because I have never f- flown private. And um, hearing you tell me that, oh, it's not as great as as <laughs> you think or at the same time, you know, it is possible or just different stories about that. Like, how different is it when you're working, I guess? Yeah, you know, it's um. I obviously still prefer it over commercial. I've become literally the world's worst commercial traveler now because, you know, I pull up to the private plane and I kick my bag out the bag and somebody puts it on and I load my stuff on and, you know, off we go. It's very easy. There's no TSA. There's no security. There's no, you got to be there two hours or oh, we have as a crew have to be there two hours early, but you know, the passengers aren't, they're coming in five, 10 minutes before the flight's about to take off. And, you know, there's no changing planes. It's just, so easy it's mm-hmm. so easy and I will say that is a wonderful wonderful aspect of the job um and it's no, most of the time non-stop the plane of my son too we go 12 hours non-stop so mm-hmm. occasionally when we have bigger trips when we've gone to like Africa we do crew swaps but for the most part I'm on that plane until we get to our destination and then gotta clean up and go straight to the hotel so wow. just the process is much easier yeah and how often were you traveling? Like, how often were you flying? Oh, gosh. You know, the first, I've been doing this, uh, gosh, it was six years in November. Wow. So, yeah, I think the first two, three years, I was gone 25 days a month. I didn't, I first met you and then I didn't see you again for like no. a year. No. Do you remember? Like, yes. it was very hard for me to make friends in LA because I was just never here. And if I was home, I was not leaving my bed. I was like, I'm, I, I just need to be horizontal. Like I have been working so much, you know, you just want to be in your own bed. You need to do your laundry. You want to get your hair done. Like just basic things that people take for granted that they get to do every day. So for me, when I was home, I was, I was definitely at home and the schedule slowed down a little bit, but last year we were, we were really busy. I was gone at least, at least two to three weeks out of the month. Wow. That's amazing. And Again, that go- coming to a stop pretty much. Oh, I didn't know what to do with myself because that was such a, I, you know, it's the burden of the beast because you feed the beast, the beast gets stronger. Like mm-hmm. I was just go, 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 go. And I loved it. And once it stopped, I didn't, I hated, I hated being at home. I hated it. 
so now wow. cut to nine months later, I love being at home. <laughs> I love being in a routine. It is amazing. I'm just like the thought of having to go flying. I'm just like, oh, that just doesn't sound appealing anymore. So, <laughs> and and you actually then took a road trip, right? I know we were talking I last. Did. You went back I drove home to, to Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to quarantine because uh, I have an. A uh, father, he's 75 and he has a little bit of emphysema. So, you know, of course, immediately started panicking, like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. he's going to get COVID. He's not going to make it. And um, I knew, you know, they had said, okay, you're definitely not flying. And at the time I was scared to get on an airplane, wow. you know, the first wow. freak out about COVID. I was, I was like, oh my gosh. So I was like, I'll just drive. And it was so interesting when I started the drive to Kentucky, leaving California, you couldn't use public restrooms. Like the gas station restrooms were closed because of COVID. Mm. So it got to the point where I had to find an exit that had a grocery store because that was the only place that would let me go to the bathroom. Wow. So, you know, and then just sleeping in hotels, like it was, it was such a weird experience. It, all the towns were desolate. Like it was, oh, jeez. But by the time I came back, it was very interesting because I mean, that was probably end of May mm -hmm. and it was like mid America. There was no... They didn't even know what a pandemic was. Nobody was wearing masks. Nobody in the gas wow. stations. Nobody behind the counters. Nobody in the hotels. I was like, y'all know there's COVID-19 <laughs> out there, right? Like, but they were just like, Meh, okay. I was like, all right. Yeah, what an interesting trip. I mean, going back home, I'm sure, no matter what, like, given the circumstances, the weird traveling, whatever, like you said, seeing your parents or seeing your dad and oh, yeah. going home. Yeah, it was, it was so good. It just, I slept. It was so interesting. I slept those first two months more than I've ever slept in my life. I'm about a seven hour sleeper. I was sleeping 10 to 12 hours every single night. Like wow. I hadn't slept in years, which with this job, I mean, you know, there's a lot of time zone changes for exactly. me and there's a lot of lost sleep. So to me, that was the best thing to just sleep comfortable, you know, cause at the time I lived by myself in LA and mm -hmm. it just, you had to be by yourself and it was a scary time. You know, is something is the world going to end, you know, mm -hmm. these thoughts start coming up because we've never seen anything like this. So going home was such a comfort to me Yeah, that's for that time. How was it growing up in Kentucky then? You know, I haven't you know, really asked you that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was such a, I grew up in Louisville, which is still the biggest um, city in, in Kentucky, but, um, my aunt and uncle lived out on a farm in Bargetown. And so my parents were divorced. And so on the weekends I spent with my dad, like we would go out to my aunt and uncle's farm. And it was such a, it was such an easy growing up. I would say it was very safe. We got to play outside all night. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there was not, there was not a lot of crime. We lived in it. You know, it just was a very easy lifestyle. It was a very safe lifestyle. It was a very small minded lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I'll have to say that I didn't know how small my bubble was until you know I started obviously once I left college once I moved away once I started traveling um that completely expanded my horizons and I call it sadly I call it the black hole because most of my friends don't even they never leave they'll go on vacations and stuff but I'm yeah. one of maybe two or three people I know that actually left wow. and hasn't come home so yeah. yeah it well, kind of sucks you in and you're, that, <laughs> that's where you are for your life so then what spurred your desire to travel or even get into the aviation business? Oh like... gosh, well, that was, that was, I mean, I've always wanted to travel. I studied abroad in college my last semester and mm -hmm. that was my first experience going anywhere in the world. And I was like, oh, this is something. So after I graduated, I'd moved to Atlanta and a friend of mine, we had been working in design for a couple of years and she was like, do you just want to quit your job? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, let's go backpack through Europe. And I was like, okay. And so we did. We 
you know, it took like a month yeah. or so. We ended up quitting our jobs and then we backpacked through Europe for a few months. Wow. So that was just like seeing that to me just was, I, I you know, I just never experienced anything like that. So and I like was like staying in huge... hostels and yeah, staying all in that? the whole wow. time, the whole time, just like a little backpack and a mini suitcase, you know, and just, just, and we planned, you know, we bought our ticket there and we bought our ticket out of a completely different country. And then we just, we kind of planned the first week and then it was just plan as you go once we mm-hmm. got there. And that wasn't, we didn't have cell phones. That was, you know, 2000 and I don't know, six, like we had yeah. cell phones, but not yeah. worked internationally. So we were going to internet cafes to keep in touch. Yep. There was no social media. Like, so it was a very wonderful, I'm so glad that we had that experience prior to, you know, all the social media stuff. And then once I got back, I was like, I could figure out how to do that again. So, you know, I just went back to my, I got another job and, you know, kept doing mm-hmm. what I thought I was supposed to be doing and living in corporate America, doing the whole thing. And I'd met someone, mm-hmm. Becca, mm-hmm. on a girl's vacation. A mutual friend of ours had moved out to LA and they became friends. We went on this big girl's vacation and they told me about their jobs. And I was like, that's not a job. You don't fly around the world <laughs> on people's vacation. <laughs> and they were like, no, it really is. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, from that point, I was like, that's something I want to do. Now it took me four years before I actually committed to doing it wow. because I knew the job only the jobs were either in New York LA and maybe some in Miami so I was like mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna have to make a big move I had to save money for training mm-hmm. I and it was a big risk so I had sold you know I had a furnished apartment and everything and I had sold everything I owned and just headed west and prayed for the best <laughs> wow that's such an amazing story. And like you said, the, you know, the mutual friend that we have and where you ended up then. Yeah. In yeah. LA. Ended up living with her for yeah. a couple of years and she was my biggest mentor and advocate and she helped me more than anyone. You know, yeah. I, I got very lucky in the sense that I'd interviewed at several places. I ended up getting an offer right out of the gate and, you know, just right time, right place. And then mm-hmm. by her coaching me and living with me, like I just, you know, yeah. excelled me very quickly so I owe her a huge debt of gratitude for the rest of my life for sure yeah she's amazing for sure and she's also how we got to know each other like that's how we know each other yeah that's, that's right. the bellflower babes because we lived on bellflower and it's funny to me uh it's a bit sad but it, it's funny now because of of where we are in our lives and how we've right. come from it but we both moved in around the same time and we both yep. moved out around the same time and yep. for similar reasons of why we moved out in, in that we were both um, moving out, having to do with our relationships. And I was going through a divorce and you had just had a pretty bad breakup mm, in which yeah. you were originally moving out to move in with your boyfriend and then Correct. ended up moving out alone. So uh, <laughs> um, <And change. laughs> why did you still decide at that point to move out alone and you know, how did you take that time to then heal? Um, you can talk about your past relationship or just like what you learned in being back on your own. Mm. Well, I think one of the biggest reasons too was our, my, our mutual friend and I, we were so close and mm. we were such best friends. And I think it got to the point where we got a little dependent on each other. Mm. And, you know, because all of our friends were pretty much married at this point, starting to having kids. And it was just, us two single girls so we get invited everywhere together as like a couple but like not as we're allowed to have dates kind of thing and so we used to joke about it and you know it was fine but then it was like to the point where I was like if we don't separate like 
we're just so dependent on each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I really wanted our relationship, our friendship to heal. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, you know, once I had broken up and knew that we weren't going to move in together, I was like, okay, I'll just find a place on my own. And that was mm-hmm. a very tough conversation to have with our mutual friend because I was like, you know, I love you and you're my best friend, but we need to go our separate ways and gain mm-hmm. a little of our independence back right now. Mm-hmm. And I was still hurting and reeling from, you know, the breakup. And I was like, this, that chapter closed and I need to open a new chapter for myself. So I knew that would be good. And mm-hmm. I'm an only child. So I've lived on my own plenty and yeah. you know, it wasn't that scary to me. And I remember having these conversations with you and you were just like, I don't know if I can move on my own. I don't know. What am yeah. I going to do? How do I do this? And I was yep. just like, Oh girl, it's easy. Just go find a place. <laughs> move your stuff it is a sign of lease it is what it is yeah. <laughs> like but um for me I'm, I'm so glad I did that um now don't get me wrong those first few months are miserable because mm-hmm. there's no one to talk to there's no and you're and especially after post breakup you're really in your feelings and mm-hmm. just working on yourself and so you know there was a lot of more down than, than ups yeah. in the beginning but yeah now like I said and I would say it was weird at first coming back over to Bellflower and hanging out with everyone mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. I'd moved away. But, you know, I would say I just kept going back. I was like, that was my thing. I was like, I'm just going to keep showing up and I'm going to, no matter how awkward it is. And in three months, it was like everything had healed and was back to normal and we were better friends because of it. So, yeah, absolutely. No, I, it was funny. As you said, like for me, I was struggling, like, how am I going to leave this place? I have to you know, <laughs> move everything. And, you know, I'm not going to move into the same type of place. I'm not going to be with someone, right, you know, right. all of those feelings. And, you know, you were, you were very um, compassionate and at the same time helped me in the sense of it's going to, it's going to be okay. Like it's <laughs> going to be okay. And, and just how have you taken that in rediscovering yourself or like in moving forward into new relationships into new relationships that have failed too um (laughs) i'm not saying i'm an expert in that area (laughs) but um you know it's just every relationship you know i just do my best and try i'm a different i feel like a different person in every relationship is because i feel like i've learned so much from the past and i'm one of those people like i don't bounce from relationship to relationship i definitely take space because I'm like, okay, what went wrong? What's going on with me? What do I need to work on? What am I looking for? What did I like? What did I not like? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do that. But again, like I, you know, I'm not knocking it out of the park either over here. <laughs> so we're in relationships. I just, I broke up, you know, I, we were kind of on the rocks and then quarantine happened and, you know, it just, we gave it a shot and mm-hmm. it didn't work and, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, I was going to ask if you're currently dating dating anyone. I I would say I took a lover this summer. Oh. <laughs> but I would not say I'm officially dating anyone, no. Um, and sadly, he lives in a different country, so. What? Naturally, that what? was not going to work out, especially I'm like, can I give myself a bigger challenge? Let's try and date somebody that lives in another country during a world pandemic where all the borders are closed, so. <laughs> You know, <laughs> idiot. Hey, um, hey. <laughs> live Whatever. and learn. Live and learn. Yeah. What, what are you mean, gonna do? Um, you, you can't control. You know who you like. No, love, and, and that's the thing. With. And that was the interesting thing. Like we're actually still friends, which I, sadly, I'm not friends with any of my exes. It's just not my thing. I can't mm-hmm. like once I'm done, like I'm done. Like that person just needs to vacate my life, and you know <laughs> I'm not mad. I just don't need to hear from them and don't need to engage with them anymore. But with this guy, you know, it was just one of those things 
neither of us did anything wrong mm-hmm. and it was not our fault and it was just like okay this is our circumstances like you have to be there and I have to be here and this is yeah. just how it is so it was very it's been a very um good lesson for me again more lessons always <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I'm like okay maybe I could be friends with someone that I've previously dated hmm. well he's in another country and it's quite yeah. we're in unprecedented times so things are a little different oh, right yeah, now through the unprecedented word Woo, she dropped it you know because of the because of the times I, I have noticed like friends of mine having more anxiety around you know relationships around being single mm. you know before probably you know, last year, people would be more embracing their individuality, their um, independence, their being single, right? But now I've seen like a lot of women that are that are struggling with that, because although they may be still pursuing their passions in their career, or they still may be, you know, enjoying being with themselves, the thought of more time going by and the clock you know, the proverbial clock ticking for a woman uh, has brought on a lot of pressure. And I I know we've talked about this a little bit, but we haven't, we haven't gone into much depth recently. So I'm very curious to see like how you feel now about it as, as you know, we're both getting older and, you know, not in a relationship, but want to be a a mother and just like how you feel about that. Because I know for me, at my last gyno visit this year, the, the doctor said, you know, they went through my history and they, you know, ask about my relationship history. And then the next question was, so have you thought about freezing your eggs? And I, I honestly hadn't, uh, prior to that, that time. And my initial reaction was like, no, I'm good. Like not right now. Like, no, I don't want to think about it. Like, but then I went home and I was like, well, if I do want to have kids, this this doesn't seem to be out of the norm anymore. And it's something that I should should probably consider. But how do you feel about it? <sighs> That's a tough one. So, I mean, I've definitely and I know we've talked about this before, but for everyone listening, you know, I've dealt with anxiety and depression all my life. It's mm-hmm. been a roller coaster. Um, I would say the last couple of years, I've really harnessed it and I've found things that really work for me and, you know, just trying to again work on myself and break the cycle and be better for myself and I've definitely managed to do that now in my wildest anxiety dreams I would have never imagined a world pandemic Mm -hmm. so (laughs) that was new for me um and you know again with like every day I was like why haven't I lost my job yet like everybody else has lost Mm -hmm. their job and the aviation industry's tanking and if I lose my job I've always been someone who's able to make money. I've always had Mm -hmm. little side hustles or always been able to wait tables or bartend, but those options are gone now. Mm -hmm. So I was freaking out. I was like, I don't, you know, I have some money saved, but I don't know how long I can make it if I lose Mm -hmm. my job. So the the ball of anxiety just was rolling and rolling and rolling. Now I will say it's interesting because I'm like, okay, that's a year of my life. I'm going to be 40 in February. Hey. And hey. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I can't wait for this. No, I'm excited. I'm like, okay, I made it to 40. Like, I, yeah. I think I'm doing really well. Like, but at the same time, I'm not married. I'm not dating. And what about the children part? Mm-hmm. So same thing when I think I turned like 34, the guy I was like, okay, so we're going to freeze the eggs now because, you know, mm-hmm. you're running out of options. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, that's just not something I want to do. And I'd go home and I'd think about it. And I was like, well, you know, your eggs are really good right now and they're not going to be in five years. So mm-hmm. th- 
And I was like, I don't want to take that option away from me. I'm just such an organic person. That's why I've always struggled with online dating because if I don't just meet somebody in person, it's really hard for me. Same thing with the egg retrieval. I, it's, I just, I'm partial mad at myself because I'm like, you've just, you know, taken a lot of your opportunity and chances to have a kid away now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm also like, that's just not me. I just don't feel like that's right for me. And I'm a huge believer. I was like, you know, if God is like, Brandy, you're going to have a baby, then I'm going to have a baby. So I would like to say, think hard about it because you never know what your older self is going to think. And a lot of girls, especially in friends, I have one friend, she's a little bit younger, a lot younger actually. And she's like, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to have kids. And I was like, you know, I said that every day until mm. I was 35 years old. And I don't know what shifted in my body, whether it was hormones or what, as soon as I turned 35, I was like, oh, I want to have a kid. Mm. And it wasn't that I didn't want to have a kid. It was more or less, if I have one, great. If I don't have one, great. It was just not a priority to me and something I was thinking about. But definitely for the last five years, something I've been thinking about. So, and it's been, and I went off birth control. I was just like, you know what? I need to give my body. I wasn't trying to have a kid. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, let's get lucky. <laughs> I was just like, I wanted to like, I was still using protection and trying mm-hmm. to be as safe as possible. I just wanted to make sure my body would be ready to have a kid because, you know, time is slipping away and sometimes it takes a year or so for your body to adjust and learning more about birth control and all the terrible side effects that came along with something that I was taking every day for 18 years um, was eye-opening as well. So now I'm just to the point, yeah, there's a lot of pressure um, and I feel bad dating because I'm like, I'm sorry, I still want to have a kid. And, Mm. you know, some men that I'm meeting either probably have already had kids, they're divorced or they don't want to have kids or they've had vasectomies and that's just not in their plan because- if you're dating in my age range, that's kind of the pool I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a struggle because, and then I don't want the man to think, oh, well, we have to hurry up our relationship because she wants to get married and have kids and we got to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. So that puts a lot of pressure on the relationship to happen fastly, which is unfortunate too. Yeah. So. No, I'm glad you shared that because actually the last time we, we spoke about it, you we're saying how we were in like fertile window was closing for us, yeah. you know, and you were telling me about like, I think you even showed me some graph because I guess I, 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 I probably I hadn't, thir- right. yeah, I hadn't hit 35 yet. Right. So it was like, okay, yeah, this is the time that you have and this is where it's going to go. And, you know, it's a very real thing. And I, I d- even at that time, like how you said, you didn't, you, you didn't want kids and then you all of a sudden decided that you or if it happened it happened right and then all of a sudden you yeah, wanted yeah. them I always wanted them but I always thought whenever you know it'll happen whenever right. or like not right whenever, now yeah. like even when I was married it was like yeah we we weren't ready not right now and it's like you do hear that saying that you're never really ready so I don't know what we mm-hmm. were thinking as far as like oh whenever you know when, when we're ready like <laughs> when we're ready <laughs> it, it ended up working out because the relationship right. didn't work out but at the same time it's like that mindset of just thinking you know being so non- nonchalant about it but it being actually something that uh, if if we want it is very important. And at the same time, for me, where I feel the pressure or to possibly freeze my eggs if I want to have kids, but then at the same time be conflicted is that we have, we don't have very many mutual friends, but in our small friend group, we (laughs) know two people that have gone, two women that have gone through very different scenarios, very different situations around freezing eggs and like what the outcomes were even. Right. And like to see that up close in person, it's like it's different for everyone, like literally yeah. different from everyone. 
And I think that's where a lot of the pressure comes from and the uncertainty. And yeah, it's a lot. And I just, you know, part of me is like, oh, you should have done it. And then part of me is like, well, you, you didn't feel strongly about it. So Mm -hmm. why is that something you're going to put your body through? Because it is havoc on your body. I, you know, I watched both of our friends go through it and it is not fun. Like, and it, it disrupts, you know, you're pumping hormones in your body constantly. And it's just, it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just one of those people. I'm like, I just feel like I've got, you know, my hormones regulated and, <laughs> you know, things under control now. Like, you know, I've worked really hard on like my gut health and my immunity. Yeah. So, like I, the thought of having to put all that into my body, I just, how would my body react? Would I be able to control it? you know, would I be a nut job? Like, I don't, I don't know. And that those things do concern me. So I guess, again, I just, I'm going to take the stance that I've taken for years. I was like, yeah, I think I would love for it to happen. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, you know, I got to be okay with that too. So. Well, I think that's empowering in itself, you know, and I feel like anybody that is having that anxiety or, you know, thinking about things in the way of time ticking like just hearing you talk it just brings some peace you know it brings oh, some good. peace and like and I mean not to bring up COVID again but yeah. like look at the world we're in right now like I mm-hmm. I have a friend that she's about to have her second baby she's gonna have a c-section and I'm just like she I haven't seen her mm-hmm. we haven't seen her in nine months because the doctor was like nope don't see any of your friends like be very very cautious and she also has another son and I just I was like, how unfortunate not, not, not to have seen one of my dearest friends in nine months yeah. because of this. And I was like, so is this the, and then, you know, everything going on in the world and just the world itself struggling. I'm, I can't, I'm like, do I even want to bring a kid into this right now? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so it's been very interesting how the flip has happened this mm-hmm. year, because again, I was so hardcore after 35, I was like, okay, I want a kid. I want a kid. I want a kid. And then now mm-hmm. I'm just like, Ooh, I've kind of backed off. Yeah. Yeah. And I respect that. Then, and, and you talking about like switching gears a little bit, but talking about how you've focused on your gut health and immunity. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like I know diets and I put that in air quotes, but <laughs> that are something that you, that you're constantly looking at. And I feel like it's not rooted in aesthetics because you always look amazing, but it's like, well, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. You did like the whole 30 and you were counting your macros yeah. and it's, it seems like it's more the about keto, finding, right. It's more about finding yeah. balance. So has that helped you with like some of your mental health as well? Yeah, for sure. So the last three to four months, I've really concentrated on like what I'm putting in my body. And it's been such a blessing because I'm not traveling. So I have the option mm-hmm. to cook at home and stay at home and eat where before I'd eat every single meal out for weeks on end. And I don't care how good you are at like watching what you eat. And you know, like, there's so much extra stuff in restaurant food that you're just not aware of. And it's just, it, you know, it's, it causes for me, it caused a lot of weight gain that I just could never get off. And so quarantine has been amazing for me. Like my body has like adjusted to just really eating a lot healthier in the routine of everything, uh, getting enough sleep and the, and just, yeah, watching what I put into my body and how my body reacts because I have that time to do that now. Whereas before I just had to eat whatever's in front of me or whatever restaurant we went to, or, you know, whatever snacks I could pull off the plane. So I will say my, my health overall has improved immensely Mm -hmm. during this. Well, that's not I mean, at first. I was drinking bottles of wine every day at first. Okay? <laughs> I was like, 
Like, so I want you to go, oh, I'm one of those people that immediately started the diet and the health regimen. No, 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 no. That was just like, after summer, I was like, okay, that was fun. But like, when am I going to stop? Because every day it was just like, okay, let's drink some more wine because it's COVID. So right. I really needed to like check my health. And I was like, and this is the best opportunity. I don't know, you know, if the world opens up and, you know, we go back to flying as much as I do. I won't ever have this opportunity in time back. So mm-hmm. to me, that's what kind of shifted for me and really taking control of my everyday health. And I think that's, that's helped a lot. And I am back counting my macros. Sadly, <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I, I mean, whatever. Um, but but I, to me, that's just, for me, that's the best thing because it's really just helped me. I look at food. I really don't look at food as good and bad anymore. And I struggled with that for so many years. Mm-hmm. I just look at food and I'm like, oh, that has some carbs and some fat in it, or that has more protein in it. And this is what I need to be balanced every day. So that's a great, that's a great way to put it like not looking and, at, at it as good or yeah, bad you know no, or just like oh if I eat this piece of cake I'm gonna be fat tomorrow and you know mm-hmm. that constant cycle and battle that we have our, with ourselves or some women do some women don't but so that was it's been good and Thanksgiving was a really good test um I did get to go see my aunt and uncle they live in San Diego which I know I'm not supposed to leave LA but whatever um I just went down there for the day and I hung out with them and his social distance outside and you know they had like potatoes and pumpkin pie and all these things and I just was like wow like I ate the pie and there was no guilt I just looked at it and I was like oh okay that's gonna be delicious so I'm gonna eat it and that was that was a huge breakthrough for me because for years that that has not been the case so the wow. amount of guilt I would have after eating sweets or something I know that maybe wasn't on the specific diet I was on at the time so how did you switch to not having that guilt though? Because it seems like you're doing the same thing as far as counting the macros. Right? I don't, I think I just, I don't know if I just, I'm like, Brandy, stop being so hard on yourself. Like mm. it's, it is not going to change your body. One piece of cake is not going to change your body. Now, if you're eating cake three times a day, every single day, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, but I, I think just time. I think just time. I, I don't, I wish I had the answer because I know that's the answer every woman's looking for. And not to say that it, as soon as I start flying, I mean, I'm actually scared to go back to full-time flying because I've figured out what works for me and to keep me most balanced. And I know that's all going to be taken away from me. And I'm not ready to practice that yet. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've had enough time to like, quote unquote, make that my habit. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it was nice to go to Thanksgiving and feel, but again, that was one meal. Right. That was one meal that I could just be like, okay, that was fun and come back and not feel bad about it. Now, I know that's a big step, but like, I am concerned moving forward about, you know, what my life's going to look like when flying returns to full time. So, but do you, do you journal then? Or like what helps you in keeping that peace and finding that balance between, you know, all these thoughts? Uh, I think a routine I do, um, I do like a 10 minute yoga in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I go and I do, um, I found some outdoor classes that I really okay. liked because, you know, there was just gyms were not open for a long time. And honestly, I'm not ready to go back into a gym and it's not a scared thing. I just, I'm like, if there's other options, why do I need to do that? So right. I found some workout classes that are outside and I've been going to those and I would come home and I would stretch for like 20 to 30 minutes. I do, um, you know, most mornings I try to get in a little devotional, a little meditation, a little prayer, whatever. Like I'm like, I wake up and I'm going to ask myself what I need and just the basic routine of doing some of the same things every day, like mentally has helped me more than I can, I can imagine. So 
I think for me, it's good. It seems obviously it seems like then routines help keep you that balance. Did you know yeah. that all along or was that something that you learned and now that helps keep put you in check? Right. Like, you know, I think it's something that I used to know about myself. Like I used to thrive when I was in a routine, like years ago when I was in outside sales and just, you know, while the day was different, like, you know, basically I'd get up and go work out and I would eat the same things and I would go on my sales calls and I'd come home at night and do certain things. And like, that was when I was always seemed to be at my best. I was at my best weight. I was at my best mental health, physical health, emotional health. So I think for me, yeah, knowing I was like so excited to be in a routine again, but again, it's, I'm one of those people. I'm always trying something new, Shane. I'm like, Oh, I read this and you should try this or try that. And so it's just like, honestly, trying so many different things over the years and like figuring out what I really do like. And mm -hmm. I think that's, what's helped me find a lot of people. And that is my biggest thing. I'm like, anybody that steals my piece right now, Oh, it just angers me so much. I'm so at peace until someone steals it and I'm so <laughs> angry. And I'm like, Brandy, you've got to figure out that balance. But I just am like, that's, <laughs> I don't know why, but you know. So I wish I had the answer. And like I said, it's only like this because, you know, I'm not, I don't have the stress of flying all the time and always being away from home right mm -hmm. now. So. Well, protecting your I don't your know how long that's going to last. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. it's just like, it's like, I'm just trying to work on every inspirational quote I've ever read about <laughs> doing something for yourself. Like, that's yeah. Just, no, I was talking to someone. I was talking to someone recently um, in the space for for my business, as far as like marketing, advertising, storytelling, content, and one big thing that that they had said was that so many people are just looking and gobbling up things for inspiration, like people. Yeah want to be inspired um because we have the time to ourselves uh because we don't some people don't want to face reality that of the world you know and, mm. and the darkness in the world and because of the darkness that they want to be inspired and have hope for something else so like inspiration definitely daily inspiration looking at all those quotes I'm right there with you like that's so yes. important so important, so important to have hope yeah and and yoga, I'm glad you mentioned yoga. Oh yeah, yoga is an everyday thing for me. I was happy to hear that that you're still doing yoga and that's an everyday oh. thing because I know, well, yeah, I know yeah, you. Are gonna bring it up? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually planning to go to Bali to learn to be a yoga instructor yeah, prior to all yeah. this. So in May, in May. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little disheartening, but it's okay because I've learned lots of other things that hopefully I can take into that someday. I still absolutely plan on doing it once the world opens up. And... Mm -hmm. So, th but, so the know. next next phase would be, or even while you're still traveling and doing what you're doing, but would be to be a yoga instructor? Is that what? Yeah, at least just get my certification. That's just something I've wanted to do for such a long time. I love it so much and it's helped me tremendously. So I'm just like, I would love to be able to share that with people. And I'm definitely not like, you know, you have your typical yoga teachers that talk soft and they're very peaceful bringing, and those are great to have too. But you know, I, I found some yoga teachers that are a little more sarcastic and a little more punchy and they just have funny things to say, or, you know, they just always have a little nugget of wisdom to give you. And I was like, gosh, if, if I want to be a yoga teacher, that's the kind of person I want to mirror. So for me, I was like, I can do that. I can be myself and still bring something like that to teaching yoga. But I also 
prior to all this, I did read an argument, like an article magazine, something that was like yoga, yoga instructor is like the new waitress or something like that. And I was just like, Oh, come on. Like everybody's (laughs) getting their certification now. So I was like, okay, but it's still something I'm, I'm certainly passionate about just because it's helped me so much that I think if I do it, it could be a caveat to help other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's in my opinion that's what life is about is exploring right. your passions whether it and and not just for something to make money you know like yeah, i feel like no, people has... are discouraged by that or they think oh they only have to do things to make money but mm. you know we we are meant to create we're meant to live out all of our passions to break barriers to break boxes and to be more than just you know flight attendant brandy or oh, yeah. you know so I think it's cool that you're definitely doing that. And I'm going to uh, push you to (laughs) open a gallery one day because you also take amazing photography. One, two, punch. Yep. You take amazing photography. So just for y'all listening, Shane and I made a deal. (laughs) I would start my Instagram travel blog, put my pictures out there, whatever. Um, when she started her podcast and, you know, Mm -hmm. she didn't do it right away. So I was like, I got time, I got time, but (laughs) here we are, I'm on her show and I still have not done it. However, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I've taken several masterclasses online, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, like, and I still have like four or five more to go that, um, I need to finish. So I am taking the classes. Great. And I've downloaded some photography classes and I just did um, our mutual friend. I just did her Christmas cards with her daughter. I nice. went and took photography. I'd never shot people before. So that was, I did some research and I was like, okay, this is how it's supposed to go. And, you know, we got some yeah. great shots. So I'm super motivated to finish hopefully all the programs by the end of the year and then actually maybe start something in 2021 well, just for fun. And just because I said, you know, I would do it. Well, I'm glad glad you shared that and I'm glad you're learning and educating yourself definitely don't want to take away from that because knowledge is power and hopefully hopefully it brings you confidence but your work speaks for itself like you don't need to do all those classes like you've traveled to where like how many places have you kept count even and like you're able to capture you know the scenery the people the moments and I feel like just sharing in those experiences. I didn't even realize right. you backpacked through Europe when you were out of college like, yeah. a while ago before you started even traveling. So it's like, I, I just value exploring the world so much and like seeing how other people live and in different cultures and sceneries just for me personally. And so I just know that there's so much value in that and that you need to share that with the world. Share it. Well, it is, you know, I remember when I told my father, you know, I had worked really hard, got a couple college degrees and worked in corporate America mm-hmm. for 10 years, like very self-supportive, like really was on track and with my life. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And then I'm going to move to California without a job. And I'm going to become a flight attendant. Mm. He was like, what? He didn't speak to me for like two weeks. Wow. And he was like, so disappointed. And now he's so proud he's like oh my daughter's traveled the world she's been to 48 countries like and so it's such an interesting shift in that like seeing the world and opening your horizons like that is priceless Mm -hmm. and while I would not say the job is very mentally demanding for me it is I mean it's priceless in the cultural experiences I've received and 
to go back to talking about, you know, being from Kentucky and living in such a small world, like my world was like, oh, you either be a teacher or a nurse or, you know, something, or you get married and you have kids and mm-hmm. that, and not to say my friends are like that by no means. I'm not grouping everyone together. I'm just saying for me, my bubble was so small. And then just seeing the world has just expanded my horizons. Like just the other, just understanding other cultures and knowing, you know, that it's so interesting because unfortunately as Americans, we are just not loved around the world. And I was so proud growing up being American. Mm -hmm. I was like, I remember I bought a car about three years ago and it was, and I was driving home in it. I was like, Oh my God, it's not new, but you know, it was new to me. And on the radio, it was the same day the first woman in Saudi Arabia had gotten her driver's license. And I've traveled pretty extensively to the Middle East. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I grew up in America where, you know, women could drive, we can vote, yeah. we can do anything. But, yeah. So just having, just being born here made me really a lot more grateful as we were traveling around the world. Now, sadly, I wasn't always super like, oh, I'm an American. I would just be like, oh, you know, oh. I'm Canadian because yeah. everybody loves Canadians, so, <laughs> uh, you know, because again, you know, you know being a female, tra- and I do a lot of things on my own when we travel, mm-hmm. obviously not so much in the Middle East or, you know, maybe certain locations within like Ethiopia that I definitely need to be with um, a male pilot, not on my own or some type of security, but, um, you know, just you know, when I'm traveling, I just try to remember to lay low and just, you know, be respectful of their culture. Mm-hmm. It's so random. That, I know? don't even know how we got to talking about no, that. No, just your, how your <laughs> no, how photography has taken you on this journey. You know, or yeah, how really traveling has. has taken you uh, to different different places, and then how you're able to capture that in photography and what it means to you, and then how those actual experiences, what what lives behind the photos per se, right. uh, and what that right. means to you. And I and I agree. And it was interesting hearing you say that the rest of the world or other countries oh, don't yeah. really like Americans because. In my experience, when I played and lived in Germany, I was welcomed everywhere, you know, and I, again, I was a professional athlete in the city and, you know, my picture was actually even on the city bus. So I feel like people probably were a little nicer to me because of that, but at the same, (laughs) not quite, but at the same time, you know, just even when I traveled around Europe, like after you know, the season was over before I came home or just in any of my travels, I've, I've, I just feel like people have always welcomed me. And I think from what you said, part of it was, is that I embrace their culture. I didn't come in there as like, I'm an American. This is what I want. This is the way. Yeah, exactly. I was like trying to learn at least a few words in their language. I was, you know, trying to embrace their lifestyle or do certain things that they did that were customary. So I feel like that's probably the big difference in how Americans may be perceived, you know, elsewhere. And it was a different time. We had a different president. We, you know, the world was in a different state of affairs. So I think that has a huge part in it too, Mm -hmm. sadly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I've traveled back and forth to Germany over the past four years, but not, not everywhere, you know? Right. And you and I probably, I wouldn't say we were probably in Europe, when I was doing my first backpacking trip, probably that was around the time you were playing basketball. And like, yeah, I remember like everyone was so nice to us and they wanted to hear about America and they loved it. And yeah. just traving now is a very different experience. I always try to remind people that, especially people that have never traveled. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, like, you know, and a lot of people don't want to leave. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I have family members that are like, well, why would I go to some place they don't speak my language? They don't mm-hmm. speak English. I would never want to go do that. Like, wow. Yeah. This is 
the the size of their bubble is very different. So. Wow, that uh, that's so interesting to me. I I just can't imagine that. So I know, like... but you also grew up in in Los Angeles, and you had the whole world at your fingertips, and you know yeah. you, you saw cult- different cultures every day. Like so, it was just a, it's very like the norm. But you know, in a little town Kentucky, like yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just no, so no, interesting just, to me. It's yeah, what you're exposed to, and that's what yeah. I always try to tell people. It's like. I don't look at Kentucky. I was like, I'm so lucky I got to grow up there because I've had two very different experiences in my lifetime. And most people can't say that. Mm. It's not bad. It's just what you're exposed to. Mm-hmm. So, But at the same time, like you're not necessarily a pr- product of your environment because you left there and you had a desire to travel. So like that part is so interesting to me because people always talk about like it's where you're from or where you come from or even how you're raised and right. all of that to an extent plays a role in how someone develops but it's not everything no no it's yeah the whole nature versus nurture I think you know and it's interesting I grew up with um, a single mom Mm -hmm. and you know she wasn't college educated and she'd never been out of the country she's Mm -hmm. never been to Mexico and Canada nothing so she's never seen things in the world but I Mm -hmm. think her dream was to see things maybe and she Mm -hmm. maybe somehow installed that in me and you know she that's you know she was like my whole life growing up is very important. She's like, get a college education. That's your ticket to everything. She's like, you can get out of here. You can go see the world. You can do all the things that you want to do. She's like, so it was just instilled in me that education was so important. That was my only way I was going to get myself out of my circumstances. Mm -hmm. Would that be, you know, with everything going on and just like how learning has evolved, would that still be your advice to someone else, like a younger Brandy or to? No, no. <laughs> that, isn't that weird? Yeah. You know, I think, I, I think trades are super important. I think doing something, following your passion is super important. I didn't, and that, and that's not fair because, you know, some people know, grow up, they like always want to be a nurse. They get into nursing school, they go be a nurse. And that's, that was just their path. Mm-hmm. And some people like me grow up and they have no idea. Like, they might be a good a few things or they might like a bunch of different things. So it's really hard at 18 to tell that person like, okay, we well, have to decide the rest of your life now and take a path. So I don't, you know, I don't know that I would have given myself, oh, you have to go to college. Like it's, it's a must all the all or end all be all. Mm-hmm. But you know, was it important? Yeah. Cause it got me jobs that I would have never gotten if I hadn't mm-hmm. gone to college mm-hmm. and it put me on the path. It put me on this path. So I just, I wish I couldn't imagine. So taking these online courses is so funny because I've never taken an online course in my life mm-hmm. because I was, I graduated. Like <laughs> you went to Kentucky. You went to yes, UK. We did, and that was <laughs> 20 years ago. So it's like, that, I mean, you know, we didn't have that many options for online. We didn't have any options for online classes. So I can't do online classes. I've discovered it is a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I am a, like, I'm such an, I just want to be in a classroom. I want somebody to be talking to me. I want to ask questions. Like, so for me, that experience was always part of the learning process. So now I'm taking these online classes. I feel really bad for kids because I can't imagine. I can't keep, I struggle with attention. I'm an adult and I know how to like learn, you know? So <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, kids that are just at home school now, like, and just doing virtual online because, so I don't know, honestly, I don't know what advice I would tell them, especially yeah. if, this is, if they were seniors in high school and this is how they spent their senior year and they're trying mm. to figure out college and because they can't well, we can't go travel you know some people did that they took a year off and mm-hmm. went and traveled and right so no that's super interesting and for me uh, I kind of go back and forth between you know 
institutional education and just education more broadly but right education for me is definitely important and I and and even making even in doing this podcast and when I was deciding like how to introduce my guests because all all of my guests have been so diverse and their experiences have been so different and I made a point that I wanted to highlight their background by using their education even if they weren't didn't go to college even if they chose a different path or even if they have multiple degrees, like it didn't matter to me. I just felt like a focus on bringing to light education was important to me because I just feel like we can get it in so many different ways. You know, for us, like it was going to a university, you know, that was supposedly the ticket to getting a good job. That was your pathway. Um, That was what, you know, our parents told us, my parents the same, you know, like it was no question. And at the same time now, like you said, seniors that have been doing online learning, what next, you know, and top college degrees, not being a ticket to getting a good job. No. It's hard to get to give that advice. I agree. At the same time, for me, education is still so important. Yeah, and I would not. I would not give the advice of it not do anything. Right. Absolutely, do something to educate yourself. Like I'm still, and I'm not one of those people. I'm not like, oh, I'm such a scholar, and I want to be learning all the time. That's not in my personality at all. But like you said, knowledge is power. And I'm right. like, if I lose a slide attendant job, I have a marketing degree, but I have a marketing degree from 20 years ago, so I know nothing about the current situation of marketing. So if I need to get myself back into sales or some type of marketing, I need to figure out very quickly how it all works. So, and there's so many of those like coders and YouTube influencers, you know, you have 10 year olds making millions of dollars because they're YouTube influencers. So they don't have to choose the, you know, typical education. I just hope that everybody does do something to educate themselves because otherwise you know, it's so competitive too. I mean, I remember what is it, the millennials, I guess. Oh, you're a millennial. <laughs> but like finding jobs was like a really hard thing yeah. for a long time. Like yeah. when I came out of college, finding a job is not even a question. Oh, you got a college degree, you're fine. Yeah. But I know for younger generations it's been a struggle. Absolutely. No, that's so true. It's so true. Craziness. <laughs> but it co- ties back into st- everything still in my opinion ties back to uh leaning into your passions. You know, yes. like if you're doing something that uh, that brings you peace, that brings you joy, then that will be your pathway into what you do yes. next and what you do for a living even. And uh, so, you know, for you traveling, then getting into photography, then yoga, you know, whatever it may be, like right. that's, that's what you're going to do is just continue to lean into that. And some some fun things that you've been doing over over quarantine i'm sure have been netflix and chill right like you've oh my been... <laughs> gosh so much netflix like you know when friends message you hey what are you watching on netflix i was like i've gone so deep into netflix now that i'm embarrassed to tell people what i've been watching because i've watched so much no that's that's amazing you i feel like hey i learn a lot from some shows that i watch there you, know? you go yeah and, that's true. and i'm even empowered by some some women on leading ladies on some shows and I know I know you had told me that you were watching Queen of the South and that you told me you told me you you prefaced it as your like guilty obsession and you know at first I was kind of like well why would this be your guilty obsession and of course it's because they glamorize cartels Mm -hmm. and you know that's that's not really the best but I just love the main character Teresa (sighs) like 
so good. I'm, I'm hooked on it. I watched all all the seasons up till the current season. I'm looking forward to the new season coming. Me too. Like, Me too. What got you hooked on that show? Was it just because literally you were watching everything on Netflix or? You know, here's the thing. I say I watch everything, but like if I'm one or two shows into a season and I'm not feeling it, I just drop it. I'm like, okay, whatever. This doesn't hook me. But she just, it was the whole storyline of she just came from nothing and just Mm -hmm. worked her way up. And she had so many setbacks and so many things. And I know it's, you know, obviously fiction and it's written like that cliffhangers on every episode. Is she going to get herself out of this situation? But I just was, I just, she just empowered me. I was like, no matter what, she just never stopped. And she was so good at taking every lesson that she learned and just using it for the next step up. Mm -hmm. And to me, I was just like, that's, how I hope I'm living my life you know exactly <laughs> see that's why I said watching shows is not a bad thing like I know I know it's just like ah so good especially if we can't always get it in real life like to see right. it on screen um, yeah definitely is helpful before we go before we I let you go oh, yeah. uh watch the next show whatever show you're gonna watch we're gonna play a money ball round okay which is basically five okay. quick fire questions however you don't have to answer them with just one word you can kind of give a little more background or go into them if, if you choose and uh here's the first question is what is your favorite city or even more broadly the favorite country that you visited and I know we we already you already mentioned it so if there's a second favorite or oh girl there's second favorites um <laughs> I love London I love London and it's because I I have girlfriends that I'd met there that had moved there that lived there so every time we, we went there very frequently so just having people you know there, oh, it's the best. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I haven't been to London, so I hope to go. Oh. I hope to go. There's so many places on my list, though. It's There's like, so geez. many places in the world. And the food scene's gotten so much better. I remember when we backpacked there, um, it was funny because, you know, it was so much brown food. Like, everything was fried. It was, like, bangers and mash and, like, peas. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, why is all the food brown? But now the food scene's so amazing. And, like, just, you know, it's just a walkable city. And obviously to sound like a typical American here I go you know everything's in English so it's yeah. real easy to get around oh. I, I bet um, they love hearing you talk like oh, with they, your accent and I love yeah. their accent so yeah. like I love just talking to people there and you know it's very European and just the style's good and everything's super clean it's just safe mm-hmm. so I love it I love it I love so, London. so what's your favorite thing to do while you're exploring you know different destinations so I would say for me you know, two things mm-hmm. that kind of tie. And one is more about, is about the job too. Just discovering new restaurants and places to eat because, you know, I'm always on the lookout. As soon as I hit the ground running in a city, like I'm always looking at the best food, where I can get catering for the plane, like what I think, you know, the clients might like, what I might like. And then just, I call it like a walkabout. I love just getting up in the morning, not having a plan, just grabbing the map. Yeah. I try not to use my phone. I try to use the map the hand, you know, the little yeah, paper yeah. map they give you at the concierge. And I just, I love just getting lost in the city and like seeing things. And what I'll do is, you know, cities are big and like, especially London, there's still, I have a whole list of things that I still haven't gotten to, but I've written down everything that, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have seen. So just getting lost in the city in wow. the day is one of my favorite things. Like a lot of people love like, Oh, I just want to go and like lay at the hotel or go to a spa or go to a beach or whatever. And I'm like, no, I just want to go see the town and the people and the shopping and the restaurants and the vibe. And that's amazing. so that's just what I like. Yeah. You need, you need to, I'm sorry to use the word <laughs> need, but I would love for you to write a travel blog. So that way once 
everything opens up everything again. Everything opens up. Then I can be, people, yeah. yeah. people can really explore and see the world through the eyes of Brandy, you know? Yeah. So okay, I, I, know. I started the podcast. I started the podcast. You did. It's your turn. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Where would you ultimately like to live? Like, is it going back to Kentucky or have you found it in LA? <laughs> um ultimately that's a tough question Mm -hmm. you know I've always wanted to live abroad somewhere and it's like weird because I don't even care where it is because I just want to be like yeah I spent that one year living abroad in a different country with you know not all the accessibility Americans have to just all the food and like gyms and like whatever that you don't even realize that we have so much freedom for and and Mm -hmm. just that's at our fingertips all the time so I just Mm -hmm. I would really love to live abroad somewhere Maybe tropical. Tropical would yeah. be fun because now that I've lived in LA so long, ugh, I'm such a wimp when it comes to cold weather. Like I lived <laughs> in Colorado. I lived in the mountains of Vail yeah. and negative 27 degree weather. Like, but I can't even take, if it gets below what, 50 here, I'm like, oh my gosh, winter coats out. I'm freezing. <laughs> so I know. I think somewhere tropical just to experience a different lifestyle for more than a week. So then you would come back to LA then because you would still need yeah, that Yeah, I mean, LA, you know, I've always wanted to live in California. Mm-hmm. And it's a, I have an aunt and uncle in San Diego. So I right. grew up, my dad, um, he brought me out here every other summer to San Diego, essentially. Mm. Um, and that's where I wanted to originally move, but ended up in LA. Yeah. And yeah, I just, there is something special about California, but there is something expensive about <laughs> California. So True. True Get that. On your True own, that. own single woman in California, unless you're, you know, high rolling. It is, it is a tough town. So that is true, but you've made it. You hear? I mean, hey, hey, I got beaten up along the way, but yeah, I'm still hanging in there, like amazingly. So that that's true, and a lot of people that that I know that came to LA have now moved someplace else. Mm. You know, I'm 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 through and through. I'm born and raised here. Yeah, a lot of people that I know that have come, they they've they've left. You know, so. Oh, especially after the pandemic. Right. I've never seen right. so many for rent signs because usually like housing in LA is impossible. Yeah. And now it's like everything has vacancy and rent signs. And I'm just like, ah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, I don't necessarily see LA as my forever place. Mm-hmm. So I love the West though. I will say that I will definitely stay out West. I won't go back to the East coast yeah. or the South. I love that. <laughs> so it's some, I'm a Cali girl. The West. So I love oh, yeah. that. I love, I love the that. West, you, you so. a Cali girl now too. Even though that probably... <laughs> so what would you tell your younger self we talked about the education piece but just in general like what advice would you give to your younger self and younger could be like 30 or younger could be like yeah. 15 I, you know that's a, that's a lot of a lot of answers for that question <laughs> where do I begin no I think just just don't be so hard on yourself I'm such mm-hmm. a and you know that's hard to do like if you're a really self-motivated person and you're a goal-getter and you're driven like being hard on yourself is just part of the territory. But at the same time, it's just, I beat myself up about so many things that were so Mm non-consequential. That's the weird part. I'm like, I look back and I'm like, I, I, you know, the guilt and the shame and, oh, I didn't do this good enough. And I didn't do that. I should have done more. And I should have, you know, I should have, you know, another job right now. And I should be doing all these other things. And I just, and I'm not where I've, supposed to be in my life like mm-hmm. I would have never thought if you'd said at 30 years old that you'd be unmarried single living by yourself mm-hmm. in Los Angeles I would have laughed at you <laughs> I'm like that's not gonna happen like no but 
and just to be okay with that just to have peace yeah. with that and be like hey you're still riding your own path and you know that's it it's right gonna there. Be, just i i love those you know memes and the blogs that people talk about how like you know they're hey i'm 40 and i'm single and like I'm doing everything different than all my friends right now and they don't get it and they don't understand it. And it's still hard on this side too, but it's like, Hey, I'm just, I'm going on along my own way. Yes. Do I wish it's hard when all your friends have gotten married and have kids and they've moved on and you're not invited to all the things that you used to get invited to anymore. It's not that they don't love you as a friend, but you know, they've made their mommy friends and their couple mm-hmm. friends. And that one for me is just that one's still really tough and I just have to be like hey it's okay you're you're making your own way you're going down your own path it looks different than somebody else's and that's okay and even leaving Kentucky like in my after I graduated college like my early 20s and you know my family was just like I can't believe you're leaving your family's here why would you do that like what are you going to go do in the world that's so much better than being here and they took it more as like oh, you don't want to be near us. You don't mm. like it. And you're trying to get away from us. And I was like, no, I just am trying to explore what is out there. Mm-hmm. And that was important to me. So just, you know, and I felt a lot of guilt for that for a lot of years. And so just saying, hey, Brainy, it's okay. Like, you're going to be the black sheep. You're going to go your own way. You're, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. So. No, I love that. would that. be my advice. No, oh, and just that. don't worry about your body. Like, <laughs> don't. <laughs> It's going to change every year and no matter how you fight it, it's, it's going to be your body and just learn to love it and just be okay with it. And you'll find a man that loves it too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that. It just embracing your own journey, right? Like, yes, and, and just, it's okay. It's to still be struggling with it, but yeah, yeah. it's something. Yeah. You say that, needs but to do. you say that, but I feel like the fact that you've accepted it and you've leaned into it, you know, of course, there's going to be days that yeah. are easier than others. But just to remember that that is okay and that's your course, like, it's so powerful, it's so powerful. Something it that, is, it is. that I continue to do. That that was a big part for me in my healing, too, was just like, it's okay that this is different. It, right. You know, we can't have this plan. And I remember, and... I remember that. That was one of your hardest things that you mm-hmm. dealt with. You were just like so upset with your like, this is, I wasn't supposed to get a divorce. I wasn't right. supposed to go through this. This is yeah. not my like plan for my, like that was one of the things you just could not let go of. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like, it was just like feeling like, of failure. That's why, you know, for yeah. you, you bring up guilt a lot. For me, it was the idea of failure. Like, yeah. So moving past those things and just like right, staying right. the course and living yeah. into it, leading and living into our passion, which is the next question is, you know, what gets you up in the morning? I know we talked about routine, but like what gets you up in the morning and what is your passion? Girl, if I could answer that, <laughs> uh, I would have wrote 10 books and had my own <laughs> webinar by now. Um, no. <laughs> Getting up in the morning, I love the mornings. I'm a morning person. I get up every morning at five, which is crazy. Um, I'm aware, I know, I know, but I love it. I just love waking up in the morning. I just love that there's a fresh start to every day. There's no mistakes in it. There's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's just yours to create. And I love that. By the end of the day, I'm dead and I'm just like, I don't think I did everything I could have today, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah. the, the ideal is that there's a blank slate and that I wake up in the morning and just, you know, I can the day's limitless so that's what gets me out of the bed in the morning and just being thankful that I'm alive that I have my health I have my you know I, I have a roof over my head mm-hmm. I'm, I have food in my fridge and that is more than a lot of people are having right now so yeah. I just am very grateful for that and then just the opportunity of what the day holds so for me that's 
that's my motivation. And I think that's just something, I don't think that's something, you know, you, you might be able to learn that, but that might just be something that like is instilled in me. So, mm -hmm. and then my passion, um, oh gosh, I love people. I really, and it was interesting because I've never shot taken photographs of people for it's always scenery which I love taking pictures of scenery like I hate being in my own pictures you can notice that by my Instagram and people are like well you're not gonna get any followers if you're not in your own pictures on Instagram and I'm like I don't care about that like I just want people to see beautiful pictures yeah but just shooting our our mutual friend and her daughter for Christmas like it was so much fun and I was like oh I just love people so much and during the pandemic like I don't see people anymore mm -hmm. and just helping people and just you know just I love that. And I don't know how to turn that necessarily into a business yet or what, you know, obviously I wait on people for a living yeah. and I've always been in, in sales very, you know, I'm very customer service oriented and I do enjoy aspects of that, but I don't know, just, I, passion's a hard one for me because I feel like I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm a jack of all trades, but I'm a master at nothing. I can't just settle into one thing and just throw everything into it. I'm, I'm, you know, dabbling over here for a little bit with the photography and then, oh, I'm going to go over here and do the yoga and then I'm going to come back and maybe work on my cooking skills. Yeah. Like, I just wish I could find a, a true passion. I, so. I, I love that. And, you know, it, I do because <laughs> so I didn't just, answer your question. <laughs> no, no. The, the really the point of the question is that I feel as if people should be thinking about it, you know, right. You should be thinking daily about what you're passionate about because if you're not leading your life uh, leaning into your passions then that's yeah. when there's a lot of unhappiness you know and that's in my opinion people aren't fulfilling you know whatever so right yeah life that they that they could what they could bring to this world you know like they're not they're not being as fulfilled when you're not leaning into your passion that's why I say that it's not always has to be linked with with profit, you know, it's great when passion right. and profit combine and that is what moves you forward, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it doesn't have to be contingent on profit to be passionate about something. And, and I learned that as well, just even through, through my basketball journey, because, you know, I'm very passionate about basketball, right? It's not only me. And when I was done playing, like I knew there was a lot more that I wanted to do, but basketball was still my passion. So it's why I still coach. It's why I still, you know, mentor young girls. It's why I still go and arrange pickup games. Like I am like the arranger and the like, you would think I was like the gym coordinator in the summer for pickup. And sometimes I would have to think like, why am I doing this? Like, it's so much work to like bring all these people together to arrange a pickup session of five versus five. And it's just because it was one of my passions. Like I wasn't getting paid for it. And in fact, I hurt my knee and sometimes I couldn't even play in them, but it's just, I loved basketball. So I love basketball so much. So mm. that was like my way of, of doing that. So I just feel like it's important when people are thinking about their passions and then if, if they're able to stay focused on them, then there's so much that they can bring to the world. I would say I'm a, I get up every day and I'm like, what is my passion? I do ask myself that all the time. And I'm like, and I'm frustrated because I don't feel like there's ever an answer for me because I like a lot of different things. Yeah. And I, so that's interesting. I love the way you put that though. It doesn't have, and for me, that's what I always equated it to. Well, mm -hmm. your passion equals your profit. So mm -hmm. you need to capitalize on that branding. What is that? But I don't know what that is. And I'm very, 
discouraged and, you know, yeah. internally frustrated because I'm like, what is my passion? I was like, okay, maybe I have a lot of passions. And I'm like, are they passions or are they just things I like to do? So mm-hmm. I think moving, this has inspired me. I really want to kind yeah. of figure out like what my true passion is. And it's okay if it doesn't lead to a profit, right. but at least you're I want to make sure it. that I'm, I'm doing it and right. not just kind of like dabbling in it and thinking, oh, it's a little hobby that I like to do sometimes, but not all the time. And mm-hmm. And just like you said, it's a lot of work sometimes and it's not, your passion doesn't always have to be like so amazing and fulfilling and make you excited and happy and just joyful. Like it's still work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I need to think about that too. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I feel like you're very passionate about a lot of things and <laughs> exploring is one of them, right? People oh, and exploration. Yeah, yeah. So as long as you're leading with that, anything you do, that's why it is everything. That's why it is photography, right? There's people yeah. or there's yeah, places yeah. or exploring involved yeah. yoga. There's people there, you know, mm-hmm. there's peace. So I, I honestly see the connection of all those things, but well, that's, for you. You. Well, that's for you. That's for me to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> that's for you to think about, but thank you very much, Brandy, for being on the show and being real with us. I hope that you find peace on your journey. And I thank you for sharing part of it with us today. Thank you, Shana. I have loved every minute of this. Well, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be the first one to hear new episodes dropping every Thursday. And in order for Real Shit with Shayna to continue spreading love through these diverse voices, please rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. For a limited time, everyone that leaves a review will receive 50% off orders of Tumi water, turmeric for the mind, body, and soul, available at drinktumi.com. Check the show notes for more details. It's been real.